Chapter Two of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty-eight to eighteen hundred, Part Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty-eight to eighteen hundred, Part Three, by François René de Chateaubriand. Chapter Two. London from April till September, eighteen twenty-two. Danton, Camille Desmoulins the scenes at the cordelier at which i was three or four times present were ruled and presided over by danton a hun with the stature of a goth flat-nosed with wide nostrils broad face and the expression of a gendarme mingled with that of a slippery and cruel attorney in the nave of his church danton with his three male furies camille desmoulins marat and fabre d'eglantine organized the assassinations of september Biot de Varenne proposed to set fire to the prisons and burn all who were within them. Another member of the convention recommended drowning all who were in custody. Marat declared in favour of a general massacre. The author of the circular of the Common Council, he invited the Friends of Liberty to repeat in the departments the enormities perpetrated at the Carmelites and in the Abbey. Let us examine the page of history. Sixtus V for the salvation of mankind compared the devotedness of jacques clement to the mystery of the incarnation as marat was compared to the saviour of the world charles the ninth wrote to the governors of the provinces to imitate the massacre of st bartholomew as danton gave orders to the patriots to take example by the murders of september the jacobins were plagiarists they gave a proof of this by immolating louis the sixteenth after the example of charles the first as crimes are found mixed up with great social movements it has been most improperly represented that these crimes produced the great benefits of the revolution of which they were only the hideous imitations impassioned or systematic minds admire nothing in a noble nature under suffering except the convulsion danton more frank than the english used to say we will not bring the king to trial we will kill him and of the priests he said these priests these nobles are not guilty but they must be put to death because they are out of their place impede the course of events and embarrass the future this language has the appearance of a horrible depth but it has no real character of genius for it supposes innocence to be nothing and that moral order may be separated from political order without destroying it which is false danton had no real conviction of the principles which he maintained he merely wrapped himself up in the mantle of the revolution in order to make his fortune come ball with us was his advice to a young man when you have enriched yourself then you can do as you please he acknowledged that he did not devote himself to the cause of the court because they were unwilling to give his price this was the effrontery of an intelligence acquainted with its own power and of corruption proclaimed with open mouth inferior even in ugliness to mirabeau whose agent he had been danton was superior to robespierre without having like him lent his name to crimes he preserved some sense of religion we have not said he destroyed superstition in order to establish atheism his passions may have been good from the fact alone of their being passions we ought always to pay some regard to the characters of men's minds in forming a judgment of their actions criminals of imaginative minds like danton from the very fact of the exaggeration of their sayings and deportment appear more perversely wicked than those who are cold-blooded although they are really less so this remark too applies to a whole people taken collectively the people is the poet author and zealous actor in the piece in which it plays or which it is made to play its excesses are not so much the instinct of a natural cruelty 
as the delirium of a multitude inebriated with sights especially of a tragical nature a thing so true that in all popular horrors there is always something superfluous added to the picture and the emotion danton was caught in the snare which he had laid it proved of no use to him to throw pellets of bread in the faces of his judges to answer their questions with courage and nobleness to cause the tribunal to hesitate to put the convention in danger and fear to reason logically upon the crimes by which the very power of his enemies had been created and seized with a fruitless repentance to cry out it was i who established this infamous tribunal i ask pardon for the deed from god and men a phrase which has been pillaged more than once he should have made this declaration respecting the infamy of the tribunal before being called to its bar nothing now remained for danton but to show himself as unfeeling with respect to his own death as he had been with regard to that of his victims to carry his head higher than the suspended sword this he did from the scaffold of the reign of terror where his feet were covered with the clotted blood shed the previous evening having cast a look of contempt and pride on the multitude he said to the executioner you will show my head to the people it is worth the trouble danton's head remained in the hands of the executioner whilst the headless trunk went to mix with the decapitated bodies of his victims this was still equality danton's deacon and subdeacon camille desmoulins and fab d'eglantine perished in the same manner as their priest at the time in which grants were made to the guillotine and when people wore alternately at their buttonhole disguised as a flower a little golden guillotine or a very small portion of the heart of some one who had been guillotined at the time in which men shouted vive l'enfer in which joyful orgies of blood steel and rage were celebrated when men drank to annihilation and in complete nakedness danced the dance of the dead not to have the trouble of undressing when they went to join the departed at this time a man must sooner or later arrive at the last banquet at the last jest of sorrow desmoulin was called before the tribunal of fouquier tinville and what is your age asked the president the age of jesus christ the sansculotte replied camille playing the buffoon a sort of avenging constraint compelled these cutthroats of christians unceasingly to confess the name of jesus it would be unjust to forget that camille desmoulins dared to brave robespierre and by his courage to redeem his crimes he gave the signal for a reaction against the reign of terror a young and beautiful woman full of energy by rendering him capable of love rendered him capable of virtues and sacrifices indignation raised the intrepid and biting irony of the tribune to the rank of eloquence in a bold and haughty strain he assailed the use of the scaffold which he had contributed to raise suiting his conduct to his words he would not agree to his own punishment he struggled with the executioner in the hurdle and only arrived at the brink of the last gulf half torn to pieces fab d'eglantine author of a piece which will survive exhibited a character the very reverse of desmoulins of pitiable weakness jean rousseau the executioner in paris at the time of the league ordered to be hung for having lent his aid to the assassins of president brisson could not resolve to submit to the rope it appears that a man does not learn to die by putting others to death the debates of the cordeliers furnish me with a view of a condition of society in the most rapid moments of its transformation i had seen the constituent assembly commence the murder of royalty in seventeen eighty nine and seventeen ninety i found the dead body of the old monarchy still warm given up in seventeen ninety two to gut-spinning legislators they eviscerated and dissected it in the vaults of their clubs just as the halberdiers cut in pieces and burned the body of balafre in the ruins of the castle of blois 
of all the men whose names i have here recalled danton marat camille desmoulins fab d'eglantine and robespierre not one is now alive i met with them for a moment on my passage between a new springing society in america and a dying system in europe between the forests of the new world and the solitudes of exile i had only been some months upon a foreign soil and these lovers of death were already exhausted by it at the distance at which i now am from their apparitions it appears to me that having descended into hell in my youth i have a confused recollection of the ghosts which i met wandering about on the banks of the cositus they complete the varied dreams of my life and are now to be inscribed on the tablets of my posthumous memoirs End of chapter two